Hello, welcome to Diary She Wrote. I'm Liz Beardsell and I've written a diary every day of my life since 1994 when I was 12. I'm now 38 and I've got over 9,000 entries, so I've got a lot of stories to tell. I find the process of writing down my thoughts and experiences every day an extremely therapeutic and beneficial practice. And five years ago, I began sharing stories from my diaries at Spoken Word Nights in London, and I was encouraged by both friends and strangers to turn the readings into something bigger, which led to the creation of this podcast. Each week, I will share raw, personal and explicit true stories straight from my diaries that I hope will be relatable. I'll touch on navigating the London dating scene, the complexities of sex, coping with grief and maintaining hope. The episodes are not in chronological order, but there are overlapping storylines and characters running throughout, so I recommend you listen in order. And I'll share a new episode every Sunday at midday. And I'd love to hear your feedback, so please do contact me at info at diarysherote.com. And if you're enjoying the stories, then I'd love it if you could share them with friends, rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. All names and some factual details have been changed to protect people's identity. This episode contains sexual content and language listeners may find offensive. Episode 2. The Hope. This is about the hope. The hope that I hold on to that reassures me that one day I'll meet someone amazing. The hope that someone else holds on to that reassures them they'll meet someone amazing. And the positive mindset you continuously have to cling on to when you're trying to navigate today's dating scene when things never seem to go the way you want. Saturday the 22nd of April 2017. Theresa May has just triggered Article 50, starting the process of the UK's departure from the EU. Pepsi had responded to public pressure and pulled their controversial ad campaign featuring Kendall Jenner. And Ed Sheeran has just spent 14 weeks at number one in the UK singles charts. I am 35 and living in Hackney, working in events across the UK and have been enjoying the single life for four years, but have started to feel the urge to meet someone. We had a fun day in store raising loads of money for the charities. Went out for a team dinner in Nottingham and I sat next to Alexa. I really like her. I feel like I've got to know her a lot better this month. We all got drunk and then some of us went on to some gay bars and a club. I kind of thought I might have a kiss, but I did more than that. The club was pretty rubbish and empty. I was checking out people and then later this girl arrived. She caught my eye. She looked cool, wearing an oversized denim jacket with a brunette bob. Naturally pretty. Luckily, she came over and grabbed our bottle of Prosecco, so we started chatting. She's called Maya. I don't remember much, but the chat led to a kiss, and then I invited her to come back to my hotel. But she said she didn't do that. We chatted some more, and then I asked her again, and the second time she decided to come. It didn't take much. Outside, she asked how old I was, and I thought, oh God, she's going to change her mind. She was 27 and pretty shocked that I was 35, but she stuck around. I brought her back, and we kissed. We got part undressed and I needed to put a tampon in. I kept my pants on but still let her touch me. I went down on her and I liked it. So I feel a bit more confident and we definitely both reached a point of satisfaction. The chat dried up, we didn't have a lot to say and went to sleep at 5.30. Sunday the 23rd of April. Also forgot to say I had the confidence to ask her to move over to the mirror. It always goes through my head when I'm with someone so I thought oh sod it I'm never going to see her again I'll just ask. She said, is this some kind of weird fetish? I didn't think it was weird. When I was touching her down there, she felt really hard, like a mini bone. I've not felt that on myself before. I had two hours sleep, then a shower. I remember when we went to sleep, we were close and touching. 
but I didn't know whether to kiss her when I got out of bed in the morning. I probably should have done to make her feel more comfortable. And then it was a bit odd getting ready while she lay in bed. We called a taxi and we chatted for a little bit, but it was stilted. One night stands are so odd. How do you go from meeting someone in a club for 10 minutes to being so intimate with them and then not really knowing who they are in the morning? I didn't want to swap numbers, but I suggested making friends on Facebook and I said to get in touch if she was ever in London and she asked if I wanted to hang out tonight. I was like, oh, I'll be too tired. I gave her a kiss goodbye and then headed down to breakfast, excited to share my news. Work was fun, a slow start, but it picked up and I only hit a wall around 4pm. Went for an Italian for dinner and then to bed. Maya had messaged to say, sorry for being so uncomfortable in the morning and that last night was great. I replied, oh yeah, I'm really glad you came over to steal our Prosecco and, you know, let me know if you're in London. And she said likewise for Nottingham. Thursday the 4th of May, 11 days later. I got an invite to Caitlin and Adam's wedding. I'm so chuffed. I've said yes. And I got a message from a new match, Liam. He said I have a face that he'd like to take for a drink. Also forgot to say that Maya from Nottingham messaged yesterday saying maybe I was just being polite by offering to meet up, but she was down in London next weekend if I was free. I am free, so I'll make a plan. Sunday the 7th of May. Had a relaxing day doing my nails and then that guy Liam from Thursday's Tinder chat replied after I'd said I was free tonight. I hadn't washed my hair, so I was thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to say sorry, it's too late notice. But then I saw he was 300 kilometres away in Manchester after all this great chat, I thought, oh, that's a shame, he lives up north. But it turns out he does live in London, so I'm sure we'll get a date in another night. Monday the 8th of May. I did a shred workout and then made the decision to pack my TV away. Now I can watch things on my laptop and listen to the radio on Sonos. I don't need that black box in my lounge. I went to the Barbican to see the Japanese house exhibition, which I loved. I felt excited and inspired was hoping Liam would suggest another day for a drink, but no news from him, and I'm starting to feel a bit apprehensive about Maya. When she's coming down from Nottingham, there is more of an expectation that something will happen again. Wednesday the 10th of May. Messaged Liam to see if he was about on Friday for a drink, and he is. Great. Friday the 12th of May. So I met Liam tonight. I was running late after work and had ordered a pizza to take away but I'd ordered it from Soda Pizza and I turned up to Yard Sale Pizza. So I had to order again and then I was even more delayed. I messaged at 7.15 to say I was going to be late and would be there by 8.15. Feeling anxious and on edge, I could see that he hadn't read it. I got an Uber, hopeful he would still turn up and rang him en route, but no answer. By this point, I'm thinking, well, it's a nice evening. I'll just walk home if he's not in the pub. Obviously feeling sad at the thought. Then, just as I was pulling in, he rang back to say he was 15 minutes away. Relief, but then panic. We were meeting at the well and book it, and I knew there would be no seats at this time on Friday, so I'd have to stand in the pub alone. Ordered our drinks and luckily two barstools came up. He arrived, tall, massive hair, and very, very handsome, model-like, so much better than his photos. We had the awkward 10 to 15 minutes polite chat in front of the bar staff, which I hate, where you don't really listen and you just plan what to say next. He spent this time untangling his hairband so he could get his hair out of his face. Immediately our legs were touching, but it felt normal and nice. He's a presenter, but also has his own YouTube channel, where it all started. From quite early on, he was saying suggestive stuff about the future, what I was looking for now, what I wanted in a relationship, which I've not said out loud, and I've certainly never been asked by a guy. He said what he wants, 
someone to share experiences with and kept referring to how he had hope. It was refreshing to hear a guy talk like he wanted a relationship. I think he's a sensitive, caring soul. He was raised by his mum. He left home when he was quite young and went to Leeds. He was homeless for a while, but then he found his feet. I mean, wow, he's achieved so much and makes my life seem so normal and safe. He said a few times how four years was a long time to be single, referring to me, and I was like, all right, shut up, maybe see if you're single after four years. He's a slow drinker, a smoker, and I don't think he takes drugs. He said he was going to go to the loo, and then for a fag, but he came back having not smoked. I asked why, and he said he was missing quality time. It was hard to tell if he liked me, but comments like that and him asking what I was looking for made me think otherwise. He was a little wrapped up in himself. I would have liked him to ask more questions and he seemed to leave at odd times during our chat for the loo. It took him a while to notice my drink was dead and to offer to buy the next round, but then he kept an eye on it. On the third drink, he said he'd like to see me again and I said I'd like to see him too. He asked what I would like to do and I told him I'd like him to plan something, having planned the first date myself. Early on, I could picture myself snuggling up with him and kissing him. A few times he grabbed my body in a flirty way whilst he was telling stories. He said he'd like my smile on my profile photos. I don't look my best tonight, but I will do next time. He asked what time I go to bed. I said 11.30 on a work night. And he was like, I just want to know so I don't disturb you or you think it's a booty call. We stood up to leave and I clocked his full outfit. Not the stylish type I normally go for, but he's so beautiful and tall and I love standing next to him. As we got outside, he pulled me in and hugged me in the cold, swapped sides with me so he was roadside and I felt so protected. I can see him in my home and with my friends. We were walking to the bus stop and a guy looked at us and I looked away thinking, oh God, it's a man checking me out. But he wasn't looking at me. He was looking at Liam and gave him an approving nod as if to say, love your work, man. He recognised him as a presenter. We got to the point where you say bye and he held my face with both hands and kissed me. A nice kiss. We said bye and then he came back and was like, which way is Old Street? I told him and he kissed me again. He'd done it on purpose for a second kiss. He looked me up on Instagram and started following me. Maybe to show me how big he was. I don't know. Saturday the 13th of May. I woke up to a message from Liam saying, lovely to meet you Liz, with an emoji blowing kiss. I replied, that was how you nail a first date and we'd have been a hit on your favourite TV show. I'm excited by him. I did a shred. Breakfast, netball. I played centre against 16-year-olds with six players on our team. I have the biggest blisters on both feet. I loved it, but I felt exhausted. Had a lovely time in an antique shop, buying a few pots and sifting through black and white photography. The man said, because I had such a lovely smile, I could have them for free. Such a treat. I didn't want to see Mayor after having had such a good night with Liam. And Cara was having a Eurovision party that I wanted to go to. And I felt done in, but I knew it wasn't fair to cancel on her. I had a power nap. It took me a while to get motivated, and I just wanted her to cancel, but she didn't. Nighttails was busy, so we went to Nettle House, and almost immediately I thought, this is going to be hard work. The chat was so difficult and slow. Then she asked if we could go somewhere quieter, and I thought, maybe she's intimidated and she'll chat more in a quieter setting. We ended up in the Spursto, and on the way she was like, are we just going back to yours? Not that I'm complaining. And I thought, no, no, absolutely not. I was thinking I could do one more drink and then I'll have to make my excuses. Jacob was on the bar, which was nice. He got us free drinks. 
We got halfway through our drinks, still struggling for conversation, and she said, are you okay? And I took the opportunity to say, I'm just not connecting with you. I know there was an expectation that you'd come back to mine after last time, but I don't think it's a good idea. But she just kept pushing me, saying, well, what can I do to change your mind? Is it because you don't find me attractive? I really wasn't expecting that reaction. She said, can I come back to yours and chat? And if you're still not feeling it, then I'll get a taxi. And I said, well, we still won't have anything to say. But eventually it was just easier to give in, thinking, well, then I'll have given it everything and she can't say that I didn't make an effort. We walked back, got some drinks and chatted over the kitchen table, sat either side. But I really didn't want to do anything. After a short while, I said, oh, I think it's best you get a taxi. She said she was too drunk and I was like, she's had two drinks, she's not drunk. Fuck, how do I get out of this situation? She's trying to stay the night. I ended up booking her a taxi on my Uber account just to get rid of her. She said, can I just kiss you? And I was like, okay. Thinking the taxi is four minutes away. I can kiss her for four minutes and then she'll be gone. She leant over the table and kissed me and then said, can we kiss standing up? And you just kind of feel stuck. So I stood up and she started to touch me, trying to change my mind. It was awkward and cringy how desperate she was and I felt really uncomfortable and had it have been a man, I would have felt fucking terrified. I was so glad to see her leave and lock the door behind her. I don't like that she's been in my flat. I had to pay to get her back to Paddington for fuck's sake. What a disaster. Saturday the 14th of May. I woke up at 5am and checked my phone hoping maybe Liam had been in touch. But instead I had a missed call from Mayor and two messages saying can I call you? It'll make me feel less shitty. I then had her on my mind and I really didn't want to be thinking about her. I messaged at 9 to say sorry phone was on flight mode. I'm about this evening if you want to call. Thinking she wouldn't want to speak to me now she's sober. But she replied and said can I call you now? So she did and wanted to apologise and asked me to meet her for a coffee and said something about me being the second person she'd slept with. So then I felt I had some sort of responsibility to make sure she was okay. So I agreed to meet her at 4pm at Paddington on my way back from Olive's fourth birthday party. We met to eat at the station and she said, sorry for coming on so strong and was likening her behaviour to sexual assault and said it was the worst night of her life and asked why I didn't hate her. And I kept saying, it's fine. And it really was. Then she was like, okay, fine, you can go. So we said bye again. Hopefully now she's apologised in person. That's what she needed to make her feel better. And I won't hear from her again. Monday the 15th of May. I've been checking my phone, waiting for Liam to message. I'm still hopeful it'll be this evening. If not, I'll message tomorrow and be utterly confused as to why he didn't message me after everything he said on Friday. He really didn't seem like a player. Arrived at the gym for my session with Faith. My period had started. Thought I'd have to cancel, but it was probably a good distraction from the pain. Tuesday the 16th of May. Woke up to no message from Liam and started crying in bed. Not because of him, but because the hope was gone and the fact remained that it is still so hard to find someone. It makes no sense. On the date he said, I'm wasting quality time, referring to choosing not to smoke. I like your smile, your messages and your Halloween outfit and remembered I play netball so he was familiar with my profile. He said, I'd like to see you again and I agreed. He asked what I would like to do on another day and I said I'd like for him to plan it. 
He didn't try to stay over, sleep with me. He hugged me on the walk to the bus stop and he kissed me twice when we said bye. And at no point did he show signs of being a player or a dick. He asked what I wanted and when I said I'd like to meet someone, he said he did too and he had hope. I messaged him tonight saying, we should audition for the new TV show, Second Dates. He messaged, haha, I'm down, busy this weekend. A bit deflated by his lack of attempt to suggest another day, I said, me too, tomorrow night. He said he had football and sent a sad face. It's a blowout and if it isn't, I want someone who wants to see me. I cried again tonight. I'm on my period. Maybe it's that. Wednesday the 17th of May. Maya messaged again saying how she keeps reliving Saturday night and cringing at how she hates that I must think she's such a basic awkward human. That she had thought the night was just a hookup and that she was out of her comfort zone and didn't know how to navigate the situation. But she said thanks for being honest and respectful and she thought I was sound and wishes she'd been able to connect with me more. I replied, I get it. Everyone has different agendas and ways they want things to go. She replied again, offering a drink in Nottingham. No fucking way. I showed Erin Liam's message and said, it's a blowout, isn't it? And she was like, men are dicks. I said, I could send this. Okay, well, let me know when you are free. If not, nice to meet you. And she said, yeah, that's mature. Just had a kiss. So I did. And I sent it as closure, not expecting a reply. But he came back saying, I'd love to see you again. Work is manic. I should be better in 10 days. So that's good. Now I know I can just put him out my mind for 10 days. Well, try to. I'd just like to know, yes or no, then it's clear. Friday the 19th of May. Had charity meeting and then an OC Island meeting and did some emails and then finished my half day at Tuish. I was walking to my healing massage that Grace had recommended and bloody Maya messaged again asking if we can talk at the weekend. Frustrated to hear from her, I was like, was there something in particular you wanted to talk about? And she said, oh, I take it by that response, you can't be fucked with all of this? I said, I just feel like we've spoken about everything already. And she said, okay, just answer me this. If you were in Nottingham, would you meet me? I said, I don't think there's anything to be gained. And she was like, are you not even curious? And I'm thinking, just fuck off. I've given you more time than I owe you. And her, oh, you can't be fucked comment made me think she's got the potential to be a bit of a psycho. I had my massage annoyed that she was in my head, but managed not to think about her too much. During the first bit, I saw a really clear vision of a duck, which represents dad, and he was feeding his family. During the second part, I sort of tried to clear my mind of any past men who nothing will ever happen with, and see who was left, Dexter Turner and Liam. I didn't fully relax or let go and post-massage she was like, how was it? Tell me how you felt. So I told her about the duck and dad and she smiled and agreed that there was a strong male presence and that I had not dealt with his death emotionally, only practically. She said I'd put it all on my shoulder. Which may be true, but I don't know how to deal with it now, 20 years on. She also said that I have a closed heart and that I wouldn't let anyone get close to it, which I can't relate to. And the same with her comments on needing to love myself more. I think I'm pretty good at that. I got home, showered, and then went to meet Chloe and Paige. As I walked in, I saw there were three of them and thought, oh God, it's Mary, and was like, I'm not sure I'm ready for a night chatting to Mary. You're almost performing when it's someone you fancy and not fully relaxed, but thankfully it was Cara. I told them about Maya and they said I had to block her, which was my gut feeling too. I just feel bad, but I've given her a lot already. It's her own personal shit she needs to deal with. 
We had lots of political chat, a bit on jobs and relationships and lots of drink. I got the bus home with Cara and we blocked Maya on Facebook and on my phone. Saturday the 20th of May. I woke up to two missed calls and messages from Maya on different numbers saying, I know you've blocked me, but I really need to speak to you. I've blocked those two numbers too. I'm so glad she doesn't live in London. It's so uncomfortable. I'm in Nottingham next week and really don't want to go. And then she rang again and sent a WhatsApp asking me to call her and some shit about never being able to get close to someone or to connect with someone before. And now she was saying it felt like I was the first person she'd slept with. I'm sure she was just using it as a different angle to get me to respond. She was saying she needed to explain some stuff she'd said and to ask me some more questions, otherwise she'd regret it for the rest of her life or some bullshit like that. Mum came down this weekend. I met her at the station and we went for a drink in a cafe. I showed her the flats and we had dinner before going to see Dreamgirls, which was fun. Monday the 22nd of May. The sun is out all week. I wish I didn't have to fake tan or that when I did it looked good. Met the CK girls for Pizza East and caught up on all our lives. When I told them the Liam story, I get a look of, you know he's not going to get in touch. But I feel he will. Even though I said I could stop thinking about him, I think that will only stop after the 10 days are up. Wednesday the 24th of May. Still in hope Liam will get in contact. If he doesn't, I need new hope. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed Diary She Wrote. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please do contact me at info at diarysherote.com. And if you're enjoying the stories, I would love it if you could share them with friends, rate, review and subscribe wherever you are listening. And for further details on characters and locations, please see the show notes. I will be back next Sunday at midday with a new episode. And please do follow me on Instagram at diarysherote for more snippets from my diaries. Sound engineering and original music by Ethan Illingworth.